Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. During the pandemic, while millions of us turned to social media for a break from reality, my next guest spotted a new trend and an opportunity that was calling his name. Taking a chance on himself, Adam grabbed his camera and turned a quarantine startup into a digital empire, raking in a cool million dollars his first year in business. This is Motivational Mondays. I'm your host, Max Erzak, and joining us from Los Angeles is the founder of Rapid Launch Media, Adam Miguez. Adam, great to have you here. Hey, it's great to be here. I would love to hear a little bit about your journey before you launched Rapid Launch Media. Uh, Long story short, I, I studied international studies and linguistics at my university, University of Illinois. Uh, my goal ever since I was young, since I was a kid, uh, I've always had a passion for languages. Um, I currently speak nine languages ever since, you know, I was five, I started taking, uh, you know, new languages in class. I started meeting people, uh, who were from different backgrounds and learning as much as I could from them. So that led me to, uh, my major international studies and linguistics. And I always wanted to be, uh, either in the States department or the CIA. So uh, that's what I worked for through high school, through college. Uh, that was sort of my goal. And when I got my degree from the University of Illinois, I, uh, that was the first thing I did. I took the Foreign Service Officer Test. Uh, that is a test that uh, only 25% of people pass on the first try, from my understanding. Uh, I passed it on the first try. Uh, and I really uh, used that to you know, get, into, get the interview for the CIA. And I actually interviewed for both jobs. I got pretty far along in the process for both of them. And the reason I sort of decided to pull back from that is because they both felt a little bit more like the military than I would have liked. Uh, And so what that made me do is it it really made me just start over from scratch. Uh, You know, it's, it's crazy to spend your whole life working towards a goal. And, you know, within the span of a couple of weeks, you realize it's not for you. And, you know, I've always been uh, artistic and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And from that point on, I decided I wanted to go full time toward something involving entertainment, social media, because this was the future. You know, I mean, this was back in around 2017 when I made that decision. Uh, So I started a YouTube channel and at the same time I started a, a photography career. So while traveling the world, uh, filming some travel videos all across Europe, all across the United States, uh, you know, I was able to pick up a lot of sponsors. Uh, I was uh, sponsored by Best Western, by the Four Seasons Hotel across Europe, and uh, just in different countries, I was able to get a lot of the music festivals, a lot of the cool events that were happening to give me a media pass. And that really taught me how to reach out to these large corporations how to pitch them and how to really uh, explain what I was doing in a quick, fast way to get the people who I wanted to be interested in what I was doing interested. 
And at the same time, I was building my photography skills. I was shooting with influencers around the world. I was shooting with models around the world. And it really helped me hone my skills for photo and video. So uh, fast forward from that, you know, we get to uh, 20, end of 2019, and I'm starting to see this whole TikTok trend really blow up. Uh, I was invited to uh, what is now known as the Hype House uh, about a month before they officially launch. And I mean, this is the, the house that launched people like Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, some of the biggest names uh, in entertainment right now. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to shoot with a lot of the top creators, uh, you know, people like Bryce Hall, Taylor Holder, Nick Austin. And that really, uh, you know, that really culminated those previous three years and the skills that I had amassed to really being able to shoot with the top people and people saying, wow, your work is really good. You know, it, it went from me, you know, this being a huge opportunity uh, shooting with these people that had millions of followers to like the week after, after uh, those influencers posted, I had dozens of influencers with millions of followers like DMing me. So it was sort of like an overnight thing where like, wow, like people really appreciate my work uh, and, you know, it really um, validated what I've been doing the previous couple of years. Uh, and what that led to is, uh, you know, within the span of just the first part of 2020, I had every major influencer in my phone book. I had a, a ton of uh, musicians also who wanted to do photography with me, uh, you know, reaching out, I had them in my phone book. And what I realized is that TikTok was becoming the main way to push music. And that was when a light bulb went off. I was like, there needs to be a broker in between these. You know, the, the record labels and musicians, they don't trust influencers to get the job done when they say they will. And influencers don't really uh, just trust random people DMing them saying, like, do a bunch of work for me and then we'll pay you later. So uh, that is how Rapid Launch Media was born. Uh, I completely kind of pulled away from photography and I pivoted just because I saw this new, uh, this trend arising. And from that pivot, I started connecting uh, record labels, brands with the influences that I had. And I realized I could make, you know, money on every single transaction that I did. One of the things that really stands out there is how good you are at knocking down doors and forming those relationships, whether it's with sponsors, when you didn't really have a following or with any of these influencers, can you kind of share what, what your approach is to getting people to trust you to get those first couple of meetings? Absolutely. Um, I think you really have to force yourself to be uncomfortable, to learn how to be outgoing. So I think that is my number one, uh, one of my best qualities is that I'm very outgoing and I actually love to learn about people from different backgrounds in me, whether, whether it's like an ethnic background where they have a different culture or whether it's a, a different business background. I really enjoy learning about that stuff. So I'm the type of person when I travel, you know, I do, I solo travel a lot. When I go to Europe, a lot of times, uh, you know, what I realized from studying abroad is when I studied abroad the first time in Barcelona, Spain, I spent a lot of time hanging out with uh, with, with the Americans on my trip. And I didn't make a lot of friends from Spain. The next time I did it, I started going out alone. Every, every night uh, I went out, at least the first uh, couple of months I was there, I would go out alone and I would, it would force me to be uncomfortable and to reach out to these different people 
And I really, I, I sort of trained myself to get used to that. So that's what I did. Um, when I started getting into the influencer industry and when I moved to LA, it was, I would DM a ton of different influencers, a ton of different people from different backgrounds. And then I would just go out in LA. I would plan these little trips. I would go out to the hotspots and I would just go out and meet people. And it was never me sort of wanting to meet people in a specific uh, area. It was just like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to meet people that I've never met, people who, different, who do different things than me. And, uh, you know, over the course of doing that for, you know, a few months, that really just is what, what helped me take off. So I think you have to be genuine. I think, you know, when you try to target certain people, uh, it comes off disin- disingenuous. Uh, or, or doesn't come off genuine. And uh, if you really just set your goal to be uncomfortable, meet, meet new people, learn from people around you, that is what will build trust because people will really see like, oh, this person really wants to know about me. This person really wants to learn. And this person is also really outgoing and approachable. That seems to always be the, the number one thing that it comes down to is just being naturally curious. Right, whether mm-hmm. it's about people or topics, when someone is organically asking those questions because they actually want to know and they're not just trying to wait for their turn so they can speak, that's when the best conversations happen. And I hear it on this podcast over and over again that, that that's the secret sauce right there. Yeah. I, I think I think to add to that, I think another thing is always figure out how to add value to other people. You know, I think a lot of people uh, start to reach out to uh, people who are on a higher level than them on a, uh, in terms of business before they're ready. And I think, uh, you know, to, to give the specific example for me is I think you have a lot of photographers whose work isn't there yet, but they'll start reaching out to photographers when they've only been shooting for a couple months and their work is trash. And so then they get, they, they get sort of, uh, you know, people can tell that you haven't put in that work. So from 27, you know, from 2016, 2017, all the way to 2019, I really didn't reach out to any big people because I didn't feel like my work was there. So when I started to reach out to the bigger people, I knew, you know, my work was at the level where I could bring value to them, where I wasn't just going to be some random person like, hey, let's shoot. Maybe the pictures will suck. Maybe they won't. I knew that the pictures are going to be good and I knew what I was doing was going to add value. So I always, whenever I I initiate a conversation uh, for business or for a collab or something, uh, I always want the person I'm reaching out to to know that this is going to be mutually beneficial for them. And and I always try to bring value and I want it to be a fair exchange. Uh, And I think you can do fair exchanges without it being just like, you know, using someone for for their business, uh, for where they are in in their in their industry. As long as you're giving them value and, and, and you're genuinely uh, curious and want to learn more about them and, and work with them and help them, I think that that's a, a very big recommendation uh, that I could give. We talk a lot on this podcast about recognizing opportunities and seizing them. How do you balance feeling like you're going to miss out versus chasing after the wrong opportunity? Over the past couple of years, I have just got such a huge bullshit radar um, that I personally, I like everyone everywhere to pitch me everything because now I know almost immediately 
from like within the first 10 seconds of reading someone's pitch, whether it, whether it's BS or not. So, um, I personally like to see everything that's happening and I always like to see what opportunities are out there because it's up. I feel like it's up to us to understand what is, what is, um, BS and whatnot and what is not. So to answer your question, I think you should look at every opportunity, but I think it's up to you to decide which ones are go- are, are worth going after. Um, just to throw out a few examples, I don't touch anything that's affiliate marketing. The reason why, especially if it's a new company, the reason why is because they have, they have all the upside. I think you never want to touch like, – I, I, I avoid all – projects where the person hiring me has all the upside because when you're an affiliate marketer they're essentially saying hey leverage your followers leverage your um connections to try to blow up our brand to try to increase our revenue and if we make a ton of money you'll make a ton of money but the downside there is you could essentially you know you could essentially pitch all your followers something that's that's a piece of crap and you know, they might get pissed off at you. They might not take the next thing that you promote as serious because you pitched something that was subpar. And then the affiliate marketer has no risk whatsoever because they lose no money. They're essentially saying, we're not going to pay you a dime unless you make us a ton of money. And then at that point, you're like, why wouldn't you just leverage your following to to promote something that you own 100%? So um, that's just one quick example I tell everyone, stay away from anything affiliate marketing. Um, you know, it's different like if Apple is like, we'll send you a laptop or an iPhone and you put an affiliate marketing link there. That's different, obviously. But if it's a new company, if it's if it's a company that you're even slightly unsure about, I would say stay away from it. If we step back a little bit and not focus so much on this particular field, other than developing that BS meter over time, are there any other kind of quick things you can do to recognize whether it's a good opportunity or whether it's something that you can easily let yourself miss out on? I would say keeping an eye on what the emerging markets are. You know, um, for example, I, I think to it's it's hard to keep it like super broad. I, I, I kind of have to bring it back to like the stuff that I that I know personally, uh, and, and people can kind of you know make their own parallels to this. But you know, I started to see the the rise of TikTok. So I mean, you know, let's go back to like early 2019. I was starting to see people post these videos. Like it wasn't big; it was a very small subset of people. But I saw people starting to focus, like starting to post these videos on TikTok a little bit more and more. As well as with cryptocurrency, that's another uh, another one I could say. I started to see crypto slowly becoming more and more accepted. I started to see places like Coinbase becoming a safe place to store your money. Um, so I, I think the way to keep it broad is to just say you have to you have to identify these small little groundswells. You know, you have to you have to keep up with the chatter, whether it's like people posting on Instagram stories, people posting on Twitter, people doing all this. Once you start to see it happening a little bit more and more from people uh, from a lot of different backgrounds, you start to realize what opportunities are, are, are worth going toward. And that is why I went sort of all in on TikTok. That is why I'm an avid crypto investor and I made a ton of 
really good crypto investments early on because I started to see that these things were happening. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something like Gary V says, you know, he, he reads every single comment. This is something I saw he said. He reads every single comment on his Instagram, every single comment on Twitter, and he starts to see where you, you get all these little cross-sections of people on different platforms talking about similar things. That's how I know when things are about when things are actually picking up organically and not manufactured. I try to see where people just spend a ton of money on something and they manufactured this uh, virality, whether uh, as opposed to me starting to see it happen organically. During the pandemic, we saw creativity flourish. People were launching a ton of new businesses and making really innovative ideas come to life every single day. I'd love to hear about your experience with launching and growing your agency. What doubts did you have and what surprised you the most? So for me, I, I, I had the doubt of how – I had the doubt that like – I mean when, when these new fads happen, I mean you think they could happen overnight. Uh, or I mean, you think they could you think they could go away overnight. So my my biggest doubt was starting this agency. I mean, we primarily we primarily focus on TikTok. So you got to understand, I started this company April of 2020, right right when the pandemic got really bad. You know, I was I was full tinfoil hat. I moved back in with my parents, like not you know not like I had my own place, but I was like I don't even want to be tempted to go out because I you know I was still thinking this virus is gonna like kill me. Um, so I moved into my parents' third floor. I was wearing masks. I wasn't going to six feet of them. So I was thinking like, man, like I'm going to start this business on TikTok, but it could go away anytime because at that point you had Trump trying to ban it. That That's when those talks started about it getting banned. And then on top of that, um, I think the funniest thing that I tell people is during COVID, my, my, uh, my company took off because everyone was home. It, it was, it's a digital company. And so all this all this content was being produced and everyone was consuming it. I thought I had a foolproof company. I was like, nothing can touch it. But then, you know, what happened is um, George Floyd, the George Floyd incident happened. Uh, and that was, took me completely off guard. That shut down my business for a month. I went from doing I went from doing early stages, like 15, 20 K a month in revenue back down to zero for a month because Artists didn't want to drop music while we were in the middle of national protests for George Floyd. So um, those were huge doubts. You know, I didn't know whether TikTok was going to get banned. I didn't know whether uh, the unrest that we were seeing due to, to due to George Floyd, as well as other incidents like Breonna Taylor, was going to make it so that you know it shut down the industry for months on end. Um, so. Uh, that those are the doubts in terms of what surprised me. Um, I would say those things did surprise me, like the fact that uh, national unrest somehow connected to the music industry promoting music on TikTok. Like it's a jump you would never think would happen, but it, uh, that directly affected my business 100. Um, percent What else? What else surprised me is that a lot of these a lot of these big influencers that you see with millions of followers. They actually aren't making that much money. Um, I think uh, there's sort of a smokescreen here in in Hollywood or here just in terms of like the follower counts. You have these people. Um, I mean, you have these people with three million, four million, five million followers on TikTok, 
and they're broke. And, you know, it's just because they don't understand how to monetize. It's like most things. It's like you can be really great at something and you can amass a following. But if you don't understand how to monetize it, uh, you will you will just end up sort of like swimming in circles. And um, so I realized that I could get a lot of these big creators who are getting really good engagement for really cheap. And that is one of the reasons my company, you know, started to do well and, and still does well is because I'm always looking for the next big person who's who's getting this really good engagement, but they don't have any they don't have any managers. They they don't have that many opportunities coming towards them. And so I try to bring them a good amount of revenue. You know, I'm never trying to like take advantage of a creator. But it's like there is a point where a creator is starting to blow up and they're starting to get really good engagement, but they have no other opportunities. So I try to find that middle ground where I could come in, get them for a cheaper price than maybe their engagement uh, says they're worth. But I'm still you know, giving them enough money based on the opportunities that they have on the table. Considering your entrepreneurial mindset, do you think people should find a job or create their own job? I mean, look, it's one of those things where we get into this existential thing of, or you get into this existential mindset of like, you, you sort of need, like, you need people to do these jobs, you know, like you need janitors, you need, you know, they are essential. Um, you know, so it's, it's hard to say that everyone should just be an entrepreneur. I mean, I also don't think everyone's fit for it. You need you need a certain level of risk. Like I have a I have a relatively high risk tolerance. Um, so I mean, to answer your question, I don't think everyone should be an entrepreneur. I, I don't think it is for everyone. Um, I think you have to have certain traits. I think you have to have a lot of like that innate self motivation that we discussed. I think you uh, need to have like a decently high risk tolerance because if you play it too safe you're going to, you know, you're going to end up staying at your nine to five forever and never making the jump, or you're going to miss opportunities to pivot. You know, for example, when I was doing photography, I was pretty comfortable. I was making like 70 K a year. And I had a really good photography business that I could have kept going. I could have stayed in Chicago and just kept that going. So it took a lot of risk for me to pivot and move to LA and essentially leave my 70 K a year photography job in Chicago and start in an entirely different, uh, you know, entirely different region and, and start from scratch. But I did that because I knew I felt internally in the long run, I would make way more money. Uh, and, and I would make way more connections. It would just be a better opportunity for me. So, um, yeah, I think it's really down to that person to look at the traits that they have and ask themselves, do they have the motivation to do this every day? Um, do they have enough uh, do they feel comfortable taking risks? Do they think that they have good enough people around them to sort of bring in once they start to see a little bit of growth uh, in the company? And, you know, if you have, I would say if you have those three things, then I would lean towards being an entrepreneur for sure. Cool. One of my favorite quotes that I've heard you say is, it's never too early to chase your dreams. I love this because it's the polar opposite of common belief. Can you elaborate a little on why you think this mindset is so powerful? I think it's powerful because I think everything you do should be culminating into what you want to do in the future. 
for example, like I said, when I was when I was young, when I was really really young, I mean, even like pre high school, um, I realized I really loved to learn languages and I really loved to travel and and be you know do things with different cultures. So it was at that moment I started to work towards being in the CIA and and work towards being in the State Department. So everything from that everything from that point was a small step towards getting my goal. Uh, and it got me, it got me where I wanted to be. I, I, you know, I got into the interview process with both those agencies and, and, uh, you know, the same thing when I started over from, uh, going towards social media, uh, going towards a social media background, I knew my goal was I wanted to start a company based on social media. Uh, I wanted to be able to shoot content with creators and now Rapid Launch Media allows me to do all of those things. So when you start, when you, as soon as you have that idea of what you want to do, um, that is the moment you really should start making small goals towards it. You know, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I have to do this in the next year. I have to do this in the next two years. But you should start taking little small steps that will put you in the right position to uh, do that. And, you know, one of my, one of my, one of my next things, you know, when I'm older, when I'm in my like 30, like mid to late thirties, I eventually want to run for Congress or, you know, run for the Senate. And so eventually once, uh, I have my company here where I want to, uh, where, where I can run itself and I can step away. That's what, that's what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start going back to Chicago, start, uh, you know, meeting with local groups, uh, in Chicago and start figuring out what small steps I can start making towards an eventual run for office. And, and I'm thinking about that, you know, five to eight years in advance right now. What's the number one lesson you want people to walk away with? What's some actionable advice? The most actionable advice I could give people is figure out, figure out what you want to do and try to be the best. Once I saw that the company had legs I, my immediate next thought was, how do I become the best? And I think that if you just strive to be the best, then the money and the opportunities will come. So that's definitely some actionable advice. Like, you know, once I started to see that, uh, you know, I I would, I would learn from my competition. You know, I, I would hear like these people would just send a bunch of links over uh, not in a spreadsheet. They wouldn't count the views on the videos, stuff like that. And it, it was just, it was just sort of lazy. So I was like, I'm going to start using Google Docs. I'm going to track all these TikTok links in a spreadsheet. I'm going to uh, track the data in a graph. I'm going to really, you know, take this to the next level so that when a client can get a full report and really see everything that we've done on this campaign. And I just started making small little tweaks like that. You know, I would, I would hop on calls with clients. I'd spend an hour on a call with a client just to assure them, you know, that their money is going to be spent well. Um, and so to sum it up, just be the best. See what other people are doing and whatever they're not doing, do it. Like whatever, they, whatever they're not doing that they should be doing or you feel that they should be doing, add that to your repertoire. And slowly clients will start to see the difference. Um, I had a client who said, I, I interviewed 10 different agencies, like similar to Rapid Launch Media, usually just people saying that they, they'll connect them with influencers with no real uh, process. And they said, you were the best one. 
you spend the most time talking, you're the most knowledgeable, you said you're going to give us a report. And these are things that over the course of the year, I've slowly made Rapid Launch Media the best in the industry. And that is what brings me the clients that come in. If people want to learn more about you, where can they follow you? So uh, definitely Instagram. Everything is on my Instagram. Uh, it is it's Adam, I-T-S, and then Adam with two M's. Uh, I have a link to my Rapid Launch Media page on there, which uh, same thing, rapidlaunchmedia.com. Uh, I also have an Instagram for that. And then uh, my handle on TikTok is exactly the same. It's Adam, I-T-S, A-D-A-M-M. Awesome. Adam, it's amazing to see what you've accomplished so far. You're a powerful reminder to all of our listeners that determination and grit are a timeless skill and that you're never too early to chase your dreams. It is never too early. I, I hope uh, everyone who listens to this, like, I hope this is motivation enough for them to uh, whatever they want to start working on, like start now, start ASAP. I think to end, I will say, and this is something I, I, I meant to say earlier, is people are afraid to start. I think people, uh, I think they call it uh, like project paralysis. Like people are just afraid to start projects because they think they're going to fail. Uh, and, you know, the best advice is just to start. Whether you start and fail, every time every time you fail, like I've, I've worked on a ton of different companies that didn't get to where Rapid Launch Media is, but I learned something from all of them and I, and I made some really cool connections while doing those other projects. So just start whatever you do, whatever you want to do, just today start. <laughs>